Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Over the line! Virgil Kane is my name and I drove on the Daniel train. Till so much cavalry came and tore up the tracks again. Hello and welcome to another episode of Over Under Movies, the podcast in which we discuss one overrated and one underrated film that are connected uh, through director, star, style, tone, theme, or however we see fit. I am Oktay Ege Kozak. And I'm Andy Crump. And this episode we have uh, Andy as our guest, and it looks like he's going to be our guest for a while, uh, while uh, Ryan... Um, figures out some work stuff in his life, and he seems to be a be a busy bee these days. So um, unfortunately, we're not going to have him on for a little while. But um, he's he's going to be helping us um, edit the. Uh, he's going to be editing the episodes and producing the episodes for us. So we're very grateful for that. Uh, thank you, Ryan, for that. And um, but for this episode, we have Andy's picks, which are. Uh, two film, two movies that were nominated for Oscars in different categories for this year. That's the first connection that I can think of. And as we dive into it, maybe uh, there might be some more. But his pick for um, overrated is going to be the kind of controversial um, Three Billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. And his underrated pick is going to be the best animated feature winner, The Breadwinner. Uh, and we're going to begin with three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, and I'm just going to uh, throw the ball to uh, a- uh, Andy here and just ask, why did you pick pick this as overrated? Hey, fuckhead! What? Don't say what, Dixon, when she comes in calling you a fuckhead? And don't you Shut come up! in here... You get over here. No, you get over here. All right. Because, oh gosh, it's it's hard to put into like in, into succinct phrase. I I think this is a movie that I'd kind of be very content to just ignore, um, to to watch, to have my opinion about, and to just sort of forget about. But I think this is kind the, of like the, the, the issue that doesn't I have. let you. <laughs> the zeitgeist just does not let me. <laughs> No matter what I do, the zeitgeist is like, "Hey, Andy, three billboards." But this is this is kind of a recurring problem that I'm that I have been having with movies all well, that I had with movies all 2017, and it's not a, a problem that's unique to 2017. It's that when you have a movie that screens, you know, screens at a festival or screens, a, you know, well in advance of its actual release or even in advance of you know the critic screenings the press mm-hmm. screenings you tend to get this rising tide of of um of praise for it and it's not it's not like it's not like it's not in my power to ignore that and to judge the movie on its own terms but the problem is that once i once i 
do see that kind of movie and I do judge it on on its own terms and judge it from my perspective, that tide is still there. And it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, irritating to deal with sometimes for lack of a better phrase. Oh, yeah, I, can, I can definitely, uh, sympathize with that. And a lot of critics can. And I mean, recently I had the same problem where you can't really tell what kind of a cultural impact or what kind of reaction a movie's going to have, uh, when it's screened in advance and you don't really have like, um, an idea about what the general like kind of critical consensus is going to be. And a lot of the times a movie that you kind of think is just mediocre or outright bad, uh, gets great reviews. And then sometimes a movie that you think is going to at least get like good to de- decent to good reviews doesn't, uh, this happened to me very recently with, uh, game night, uh, which I thought was just going to be like just a, and a, just yet another forgettable like 90s style action comedy from the horrible bosses guy and I was like really surprised at the good to great reviews it got and I had the same reaction because they're kind of similar genres with um, Gringo last week when I went to see it I was like oh this is pretty decent like Coen Brothers light type movie and it it works it's not great and then like it's getting kind of pummeled by critics so it's it's hard to it's hard to gauge that sometimes, and that that happens a lot. And then when when it kind of coalesces around a movie like this, that that winds up becoming significant in uh, the the you know the award season uh, kind of hubbub, it just it becomes even more of an issue. I think I think part of the problem for me is that when when I'm when I deal with a movie like this, I'm always on the line of reviewing not the movie but the people, the response of the people who champion mm. the movie. Um, and that's, that's difficult. And I think that's, I, I think that's and it kind of fuels your reaction. I feel like um, it, it does. Yeah, yeah, it does. It, it totally galvanizes you. And it's true. If you're on the other side, if you're, if you're the person who likes the movie, you wind up reviewing like the, the opinion of the people who don't like the movie. And I think what really bothers me and the thing that I need to just say and deal with so I can cleanse myself so I can just talk about the movie is this sense among the film's advocates who their bottom line is, you know, it's a complicated movie about complicated people and how complicated people are. And like you, you just you just don't have a read on that. You don't know how to see that. I, th- I think that to me is is very frustrating because it's sort of it, it very cleverly elides the fact that well if people are complicated and the movie is complicated Mm -hmm. then maybe maybe there's some merit to the critiques that are being aimed at and that have been aimed at complicated is not automatically a positive stance it means that it's literally complicated so it's perfectly understandable for people to have some icky uh, reactions at some points and some you know kind of uh appreciative reactions and others Right. And, and like, I'm, I, I think, yeah, I think complicated is kind of like, it's kind of, it's as a defense of the movie, it's kind of a and complicated doesn't automatically mean good, just like subversive, right. you know, people bring up words like, yeah, complicated subversive is another one that people say like, oh, it subverts expectations or subverts the genre. And that's, that's kind of pushed out there as almost being like an automatically good thing. Um, you can give credit to a filmmaker for trying something interesting while um, kind of, you know, having to have the freedom to 
express like what doesn't work in the in the final product in the end yeah i mean i'm looking at my dvd shelves right now because i'm i'm that's that's where i'm at but i'm seeing you know like millennium actress that's a complicated movie and it's great like but that but there's a there's a way to do that there's a way to make it talk about that dude i mean blue um perfect blue is is very complicated (laughs) yeah yeah polarizing oh yeah yeah, the, I mean, the movies and storytelling in general has just a very has a long history of telling complicated stories that work out and cohere into something that um, makes sense. And I think for me, the, com- the the complications of three billboards prove too many, or they don't prove themselves out in any way that makes logical sense or okay. moral sense. Uh, let, let's get into a little bit more um, uh, detail. Like, what would you? if you were to like get into what you think specifically doesn't work about the film, like where would you start from? Um, Ebbing, Missouri. The, um, the actual, like the, the way the location is presented. The, the actual place that, yeah, that Martin McDonough created to, to, to serve as the backdrop for his portraiture of America. Hmm. That I think that, that right there for me is, is like immediately. And that's like the, like the, the foundation of the movie. That's where we start that's like the first place where it stumbles hmm. because I mean, I have, I have uh, spent the majority of my life. In fact, I will just say all my life living in the North, but I spent a lot of time uh, down in the South because that's where my father's side of the family's from. So hmm. I, I see this town, this, this, uh, this place that, uh, that Martin McDonough has created. And I think I don't really recognize any place of America that I've been in this town. Hmm. It's, it's, it, it could pass as a quaint little, you know, middle of nowhere, New England town hmm. in like Vermont or New Hampshire, but it's not that it could, hmm. you know, it, like it's obviously not that it doesn't really pass as any of like the, you know, the off the beaten path places I've been to down in the South. It's, it's not anything about nothing about the place is actually recognizable. Um, I think, in in any yeah. honest way, as America, yeah, I can I can uh, kind of relate to that, and I, I think for, in my in my uh, case, uh, you know, I immigrated to the states um, directly to San Francisco, and then moved to Portland, so I don't have any kind of growing up or or, or direct experience with Middle America, um, so I can't really gauge um, this this the town that the story takes place in in relation to any kind of realistic depiction of America, to me, it just came across as um, the kind of location, the kind of like, let's say, imaginary type of location. And maybe it would have been a better idea to not distinctly uh, place the uh, the town that the story takes place in into such a, a specific geographical area. Uh, maybe that is a mistake because I mean, but I think um, in terms of like a like a small town kind of um, dynamic that could uh, kind of explore the story of of the like the intricate connections between these two the, these these bunch of characters. I think it works in that sense, but at the same time, um, yeah, I mean that that kind of town. I I didn't get any kind of straight specifics about middle america life or living 
in the way that maybe Martin McDonough, I don't know how much research he did uh, because he's a Brit, but maybe Martin McDonough um, wanted to capture. Uh, he obviously was trying for that kind of specific feel with the title of the film that he gave and the location. It's a very specific kind of uh, area, very specific, you know, specific state. Um, but it, watching it, it makes me feel like it could have taken place um, in an English small town, like the town in Hot Fuzz or something. Uh, and maybe that's that's a problem. And uh, secondly, I can definitely relate to um, uh, the issue that you have about being personally, having personal experience with locations like that, and then like watching a movie that does such a bad job of representing it and uh, uh i can just come off with an example right away the the foreign language uh oscar nominee from 2015 i think mustang oh yeah um, oh god great movie yeah there you go you think it's a great movie i think it's a piece of shit basically because it's <laughs> it has no connection to the turkish life and culture that um I can even remotely uh, say is authentic or or has anything to do with um, what's going on there. And um, the reason I hate the film is basically because it panders solely to a, a foreign audience in a way that it um, kind of comes across as this film that's trying to like kind of go after the Turkish like Islamic patriarchy and how awful it is and how, you know, and it, it's it's the case. But, you know, if you're making this film for the kind of characters that you find in that movie, for example, like the little girls who are suffering through the hands of their uh, their family, um, they're not going to be, um, they're not going to find anything familiar or empathetic about anything in there. They're not going to see themselves in it because it's a film made by like a um, Turkish-French immigrant who... Um, obviously doesn't have any experience with um, the kind of like Black Sea region life in Turkey. Uh, so it all comes across as um, kind of phony and a little bit too desperate to like appeal to an international audience, which in that sense, she succeeded tremendously. Uh, I don't know if she finished. I think she finished her film with... Um, about the Rodney King riots with Halle Berry and Richard Gere. So she got a career out of that. But, you know, the 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 movie that it's supposedly, quote-unquote, I'm making big quotations marks with my fingers now. Um, they're so big, they're so big you know, that I could hear from, the, I could yeah, hear them from across yeah, the country. Yeah, the, the, the quote-unquote, like, this is a movie made for the girls, and, the, you know, that's bullshit. So, um, and the tragic part of it is that there are girls like that, uh, like, that are depicted in Mustang, and there is a need for, you know, that kind of that culture clash, that that kind of help to like help like free spirited girls like that, or to help like crush that kind of like toxic patriarchy and all that stuff. There's definitely there could have been a film that could like expose that realistically to the world instead of just like working as a like nothing but like a resume and a calling card for the director. So um, I can certainly. Um, empathize with it in that way i mean it's like look at the exchange that we just had like i just brought up the name of that movie and you're like oh it was great because you don't have that um direct personal experience with the way that the film depicts uh that life and you don't see the like the gross inconsistencies and lack of research that went into it so um 
the way that you bring that up, if we, you know, switch that over to your experience with, um, with, you know, middle Americans and the South and how you think it just doesn't capture that really well. I think, um, I mean, do you see the parallels there? I, I do. I think, I think for, I, the thing is, I think in the case of McDonough, I, I think that he, I would say that he's, he did some research. I, I, I mean, hmm. It's sort of hard to say because I'm sure I could pour over any number of interviews with him to see what exactly he actually looked at to to create a basis for the movie. But I'm 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 I would have the sense or have the sense that he probably filled this movie with things that he uh, absorbed just from, you know, things that he learned about from paying attention to the media. Like if you if you if you're paying attention to, you know, uh online websites if you're looking at you know online newspaper newspapers um you can probably you can get enough detail about the country to kind of have the sense that you have an idea of what america's really like so, so, so and what, what america's what do you think about he, what do you think he gets wrong do you think he's too kind of rough on the characters or he's too you know i wouldn't say he's too forgiving because these are some pretty complicated characters but um i do do you think he's being too kind of judgmental without really knowing where they come from or anything else i don't think he has a really good grasp on hmm. a, well a i don't think he has a really good grasp on what he wants the movie to be about and i think that that's definitely a big problem i think you have all these ideas and again we're talking about a a complicated movie but these ideas that kind of clang against each other and at the same time i also don't know if he has a like a great grasp on the ideas individually like i don't think he knows enough about america's race problem i don't think he knows enough about america's problem with police violence i don't think he knows enough about america's problem you know problems with uh sexual violence i think he has a, a very surface level relationship to these mm -hmm. ideas i think you know you think think back to like think back to you can you can connect two of these things together really easily just by thinking about any headline that we've seen in the last couple of years the last year involving you know a police officer uh killing uh, an unarmed black mm -hmm. suspect and i think a lot of a lot of the feeling that that kind of gets squeezed out of those situations out of those tragedies mm -hmm. is sort of missing here like the, yeah. the the fact the fact that the fact that that Dixon is a racist cop with a history of of uh, of violent and abusive behavior toward black suspects is is sort of danced around like people know mm -hmm. about it <sighs> And I guess that's that's a comp that's a complication of of the location. You think his kind of too. like redemption is, is gets off a little too easy? I, I don't see the thing. The, that's I don't the, see that's it as a redemption. That's not a thing. I don't either. Get into that I, I don't. I don't either. Um, I don't think the movie tries to redeem him, yeah. and I don't think it does. I, I think the the redemption narrative is. I'm not actually sure how many people made that argument, but oh, that's there, certainly a lot, especially like films. Um, very vocal detractors think that like while bringing up that the movie dances around the the con the 
reality of that him like torturing a suspect for example a black suspect and then um and then they bring up that like oh he's totally redeemed by the end and that's 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 completely uncalled for and all that and i don't think i think it's it's a bit more complicated than that i do I, that i i do agree that it, it dances around that issue and i think it's not the reason that i like the film uh is not necessarily because of the way that it deals with race issues or other social issues and like um that stems from especially from like middle america um i don't think the film itself when you look at it from that perspective is especially effective uh in the way that it deals with that like the the characters of color are usually relegated to uh the background and um yeah these issues that are brought up um are not really kind of dealt with kind of head on and uh some of it is handled a little bit clunky uh, like woody harrelson's character making like that these racist jokes and then but he's dying of cancer so you know let's go give him a break kind of like kind of superficial attitude like i get all of that stuff but at the same time i think the misconception like that this this vocal kind of outrage against the film and i know that you're not one of them you just have issues with the film but this kind of like intense um, kind of reaction towards it, I think stems from people thinking that this is a film like, like Crash or something, like a movie that's like, like hitting you over the head with the themes of racism. That's what it's like. Crash. That's all it's about. Every single scene is about, you know, racism between the characters, prejudice between the characters. That's the entire. That's the. That's the film's bread and butter. And people, I think, compare this, it to Crash, and I, I, I think that's kind of unfair to it because first and foremost i look at this as kind of like a pretty engaging character study uh it's about these um kind of imperfect individuals who are making these like really kind of self-destructive choices uh because of their ego because of their anger because of their grief and the movie kind of like dives it andrew martin mcdonough does a good job of i think uh, of, of, you know, studying character. He does a good job of that. Uh, he, I don't know if he's a good kind of communicator of, you know, satire regarding social, sociopolitical problems or anything bigger like that. I think, I think he's a little bit clunky there, but as far as like, uh, crafting individual characters, I think he's good at that. And that's, that's mainly the reason that I enjoyed his film. It's the writing and the characters and the performances, of course. Um, that kind of... Um, I mean, I'm going to say it, but I'm not saying... I'm going to back that up with something. <laughs> but but it kind of subverts your expectations. <laughs> um, it kind of subverts your expectations about like where each of these characters are going and actually finds a way to subvert them not just for the sake of it, but for the sake for for a, in a, in a way that like kind of makes sense within the character. But at the same time, if you took the race uh, relations out of it, like references to that, and that's what they are mostly references, because the the case the case at the heart of the story, the rape case, or it doesn't have any like kind of racial tint to it. Um, you could take all those out and still have this like kind of potent character study um, that. I feel like could like this story could really take place anywhere. It could take place in like some northern little town in England, and it uh, if you keep the writing and the um, the character detail and the performances, I think it would still be very good. But at the at the same time, I do 
kind of agree that like I, I think I think what I what I would say is that to me it doesn't really register as much about like how it's about this place and it's about these kind of um, real issues but because I don't I, I think mostly it's not about that so it's, uh, that's what I find to be mostly engaging about the film. I, for me, it's hard to. For me, a it's I, I can't imagine setting this movie in Northern England because it's so 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 heavily bent around the idea that it's about America. Like like this this movie is so focused on the idea of like picking apart this this uh like this American collage of social problems that like you couldn't you could take it and just transplant it to another like another country or like another region because the, these, these issues that it's trying to tackle mm-hmm. are so specifically and so uniquely American. It's not like there isn't racism in other countries. It's yeah. not like other countries don't have problems with police violence. It's yeah. not like other countries don't have, don't have problems with rape culture. I, but the, the way the, the way that the movie tries to engage those things is very specifically, uh, is done in a very specifically mm-hmm. American way. Mm-hmm. I think, I think if he wanted to make a movie about this woman avenging her her dead raped daughter, you, you she, he should have made that movie instead of make, trying to make again this collage. The part of my problem, um, so so just to to get back to something I was I was saying earlier, I I I know that people have actually have used the redemption, the, like the word redemption. I'm not actually sure a where it originated and b if most of the people who just use that phrase weren't just yeah, it repeating it for lack of yeah, better language. it doesn't make much sense because at the end of the movie they're basically just on their way to murder someone so i don't know to, how much of a redemption that is to to potentially murder someone See, yeah, potentially uh, yeah exactly but may, still. maybe they they might they might you know stop off at like a hardy's and then change their mind and go home but like I, I, I think i think people reference like that he actually goes out of his way to save the file and then he goes out of his way to like get the dna samples and all that stuff uh but in the context of the story i look at that as more of a um like an attempt for him to get back to his job or, or like he it's, it's a film that like kind of clunkily show, like the, the race element, if it wasn't so, I don't want to say heavily because I don't think it's heavily in there, but if it wasn't in there as much, because then it kind of pushes the idea of like, uh, look, this character is a racist, but racists also have like deep affection for, mm-hmm other people and look at how much he loves uh Woody Harrelson's character enough to read this letter and then become a changed man um and I think that's that's like a crash level of like superficial attempt at explaining that character's actions or having that character seem more three-dimensional to the audience and as much as I like I like the arc of it I like I like his arc I like the idea behind it but tying it to like specifically like you said like specifically to the american issue of race relations and police brutality and all that is is it doesn't i don't know if he didn't do enough research i don't know if it's because he's not like he hasn't lived in that world particularly like there's something uh, as far as a specific exploration of that life is concerned as it relates to like the real life middle america um, I don't think that works as well as like my appreciation for it as a standalone kind of human story. Yeah, I, I can understand that. I mean, I think 
I, but I think you, just to kind of piggyback off of what you're what you're just some of the things you were just saying, I think it I think the issue is that it just it never really does it never really does go deep enough. Like mm-hmm. I'm not against I'm not against the idea of there being you know a movie out there that redeems a, you know a cop with a with a with a racist past with like a, mm-hmm. a past of you know uh, brutalizing you know minorities in his custody. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think I don't think that it's it's wrong to tell a story about that character and no, no, and give him and give him layers and and make him complicated and make him seem human without. Um, you know, I don't. I don't think those. I don't think that's that's you know, a, a bit like a a party foul mm-hmm. at all. I mean, I think about, and and now now I'm about to say it on the record. I'm I'm afraid I'm going to get it wrong, but I I remember watching, and it's not a great movie, but a time to kill, mm-hmm. um, Sandra Bullock's character, if my memory serves, is you know, left basically left for dead. Mm-hmm. Like in the yeah. woods by the, the Ku Klux Klan, and one of their one of the members comes back he's, he's, he's and, an sa- undercover, and saves her life. He's an undercover cop. Oh, was that what he was? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's oh my an undercover God. cop. That's why he comes back and saves her. I, I see, were, were you going to I... make a point about like how like the movie has someone from the KKK save her or something? Yes. Can we cut all of this out of the out of the, <laughs> cut of the podcast then? Yeah, Ryan, can you cut that out? Um, Andy made a boo boo. Yeah, and, but like. <laughs> My, I'm I'm not so I'm not against the idea. I, sw- I I I swear to God that that wasn't it. Oh man, I'm gonna have to watch the movie now. But you're probably right. It's been years since I saw that movie. Yeah, um, anyway, I, I I was a, for some reason I was a big fan of it. So I just remember that like I watched it in the '90s. I watched it like two three times I think, and I, so I remember that detail. Because I, I, I feel like that character shows up again after after Samuel L. Jackson is is a uh, you know is acquitted and walks out of the courthouse and you see the, that guy there, like that cop, that under undercover cop there and someone spits in his face. Hmm. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I, it's been, like I said, I haven't seen that movie since the nineties. Hmm. Anyways. Um, I'm, I'm not against the idea of, of, of a character study of, for lack of a better, you know, real life person to name, uh, Darren Wilson. I'm not against that. Mm-hmm. I, I think what I'm against is, this idea that he can not be redeemed, but be softened mm. with a, with a, with a, a letter that mm. tells him a, a one white guy to another, you know what? You're a decent man. And I just, I just implicitly know this, mm. even though none of our interactions in this movie suggest that I, a, that I believe it B that you are objectively decent. The, just the, the, the writing around that character and around that part of his story mm-hmm. is incredibly lax. So mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't describe myself as outraged over this movie, but it does certainly offend me. It does offend like the the moral part of me or the the part of me that does care about social justice because it's mm-hmm. so half-assed. I can completely mm-hmm. understand why, you know, why people would be outraged. Like genuinely outraged like like because, because deep-seated outrage about um, it as kind of a uh, lazy um boost for the character's arc yeah if you're gonna do something like this don't don't come at it you know don't come at it half fast come yeah. come correct like do do the research know who these people are 
Like if you're going to tell a story about America and about this part of American, America's present and America's past, you you need to know hmm. both of those. You need to know all of that from from the yeah. 1800s to today, from before the yeah. 1800s to today. Yeah, yeah and I think this I movie think... doesn't know that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't really give that much quarter to um, Woody Harrelson's character in that sense either. I don't. I think like because we're. I think the kind of trick that Martin McDonough plays, and I don't know if it's a trick or if it's just like uh, some context that I just happened to pick up on that might not have been intentional, but um, I think even, I think he's kind of playing at your, you know, tugging at the heartstrings with the cancer plot and the way that he ends that, that character's journey is very like kind of meant in a way that's supposed to kind of manipulate you into something that's like touching and tragic uh but at the same time um to me a tacit acceptance of just violent racism as the status quo and the idea that like oh that's the way the world works there's nothing we can do about it um is as much of a deal breaker than it is for someone to be just himself be a violent racist and i think woody Harrelson's character is kind of like that that he's uh kind of presented as like yeah he's a decent police officer but at the same time you know what does he say that line like if we fire all the racist cops like we only end up with like two of them or something and, and then he and makes, like, says, says something homophobic or you know yeah that that and they they'll they'll be you know they'll just arrest the fags or something like yeah, that yeah. i believe so is the line he said something like that so and there's a, there's a lot of that going on i mean apparently like Everybody in the uh, precinct knows that that's that's part of the context. It's not really brought up in the dialogue about the the chief about the police chief, but apparently everybody in the precinct knows that Sam Rockwell's character brutally tortured a black guy. He didn't get any um, kind of repercussions on that. It wasn't, you know, um, I don't know what the proper word for it, but like it didn't go up to the top like levels of. Right. scrutiny and like the person Which, who would be able to do that would be Woody Harrelson's character so it's it's kind of made clear that he kind of turned a blind eye towards that so I don't think that character is as kind of squeaky clean as um on the surface at least the way that it, the movie itself manipulates us into believing that he is well no of course not and again I mean we're talking about a movie about complicated characters and that is mm-hmm. his major complication but at the same time I do think that he is presented in many ways as the most sympathetic character in the entire movie, even though he has these uh, these obvious uh, flaws and obvious things that can be held against yeah, him. Because like the, of that yes. reason, I didn't have that like kind of direct. And it is just throughout the whole movie, after he says those lines, and after it becomes clear that like, oh wait, everybody knows he tortured this this guy, and like he didn't do anything to reprimand them. It just made me think, like, for example, when he goes up to Francis McDormand's character and uh, they have that nice little talk about the billboards and that he's trying really hard. And um, if that was a black character, if it was a black girl who got raped and burned like that, like, would he be trying that hard to find the killers? Or would he be, like, kind of personally going over the house of the, the victim's mother to, like, you know, console her even though she, like, publicly humiliated him and all that? So it just made me think of stuff like that but then again i I do have to kind of uh also put it out there that like that might not have been martin mcdonough's um intention to begin with i might be like no. grasping at straws as well 
No, but that's I, I, I think that just takes me back to what I said before. I just wish I knew exactly what his intention was, because if he has these underlying ideas that he wanted to explore in terms of, you know, uh, if he wanted to explore, uh, make a movie about characters who do terrible things, but have, you know, their human side and they have motivations for doing these terrible things. Maybe maybe don't couch all those things in something that's as specific as as he's couched them in. I think, yeah. I think that I I think if this was just something something in the you know closer to like in Bruges or Seven Psychopaths in terms yeah. of not being like as culturally specific and topical. Yeah, those movies are a is. lot more character specific, and um, I think Three Billboards is my favorite out of those three, mainly not because it deals with something specific. I think that's a specific life or a specific place i think that's kind of a knock on the film uh is my favorite out of the three simply because i think it's the it's the best written and the best acted um but i'm on i'm on i'm on the kind of um unpopular side where i don't really think in bruges and seven psychopaths are that that great to begin with uh, i enjoy them i think they're they're really well written and acted and tell interesting stories but um yeah, I'm, I've, I was never like a huge, huge fan of those movies to, to begin with. So that yeah. might be why I like Three Billboards more while I also like acknowledge it's those problems that he had. And so would you do you think you would be like you would appreciate this film's kind of individual characters and the relations between them, like the writing? Um, do you think you would enjoy that execution more if it wasn't about a specific place or it wasn't about specific sociopolitical issues. I I think I would enjoy this movie more if he'd kind of stuck to, to one, one track. Um, I think I would have appreciated, I would have appreciated it more if it had just been about uh, Frances McDormand getting justice for her daughter and not also about this, this racist cop her, struggling her, her, her with his feelings. And, her monologues and her performance is, is, is great. Like it's, it's just so delightful to watch that. Um... You know, I'm, I'm in the huge minority on that one because I kind of yeah, think really. she's really super one dimensional and the, hmm. the, the monologues are great, but she, this is not a particular, this is not a very challenging performance. I mean, hmm. I didn't even consider her when I was doing my voting for best actress for critics groups for OFCS or for Bafka this year. Mm. I didn't even, I didn't think of her once. I mean, Vicky Creeps in, in Phantom Thread is better. Haley Lou Richardson in Columbus is better. Sally Hawkins in The Shape of Water yeah, is better. Yeah, I was, I was rooting for Sally Hawkins, for sure. Yeah, me too. Um, well, I think, I think everybody who read that piece I did on Pace knew that I was rooting for Sally Hawkins. But, but I, I did really find, at least, you know, at the very least, I found her performance to be very um, entertaining. And I do think there are some, like, more subtle layers in her performance that might not come across the way that the the character is written, but I think she finds something in there, especially towards the end. Um, I love the kind of like switch that he has, for example, in a dinner scene with uh, Peter Dinklage and like going over to his her like ex husband and having that reaction towards like it's it's um she does manage to like kind of trot out something a, with a little bit more depth than you know, what's on the page, maybe. She does find space for, like, for the little nuances, but but overall, I, I think it's a good... I, okay, I'll say that. I'll, I think it's a good Frances McDormand performance. I just mm-hmm. don't think that it's a great, towering no uh, masterwork. I think well, she's done better work throughout her career. To me, that will always be Marge Gondrasen, which I 
still think to be the greatest female performance in maybe film history. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely up there. Um, yeah. So, uh, what do you feel about kind of making a move towards the breadwinner? Let's make a move toward the breadwinner. All right. So, um, Andy's pick for the underrated film is the uh, animated feature um, Oscar nominee, The Breadwinner, which uh, didn't win. Uh, Coco did, which uh, you know, Coco was a film that I also adore, but um, I guess I kind of tipped my uh, <laughs> kind of buried the lead there. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so Andy, why did you pick uh, The Breadwinner as your underrated? What are we going to do? I don't know. Maybe if I go out early, before it's crowded. It won't work, Parwana. Market sellers won't risk getting in trouble for serving you. Mama Jan has cousins in Mazari Sharif. I could write to them for help. But we've never even met them. How do you know they will help? We need food now. Well, well, like you, I also loved Coco, but um, I have I have a distinct bias toward the style of animation uh, in the of the breadwinner. Yeah, the I love style their style. Of it. I, it's their their two D uh, animation aesthetic is is gorgeous. It's really, really beautiful, and they do. And and, and it's not just. Yeah, they've the, been getting like better the, and better too. I feel like if you watch the Secret of the Kells and then was the Song of the Sea, uh, yeah, and then the Breadwinner, like their it's their animation style is becoming more complex. It's still two dimensional, but there's also all these like dimensions that are added to it. And uh, the Breadwinner especially has this like really uh, subtle mix of. I mean, I think I assume it's all uh, made in the computer, but um, has a subtle mix between the two D images and three D elements. Um, but anyway, just uh, continue. Sorry. Yeah, I, no, I was, I was, I, I totally agree with. You. I mean, I love, I love all their movies. I really like The Secret of Kells. I really like The Song of the Sea. And there's a there's a leap in in terms of aesthetic quality from from Secret of Kells to Song of the Sea. Oh, yeah. And I think. There's there's a leap between song and breadwinner. Mm-hmm. It's not quite as as big a leap, but you mm-hmm. can definitely see it. But yeah, it's it's just, it's the cell it's the cell animation that that gives the movie its its you know like its its basis. And then there's also do, do you know if it's it, actual cell animation or is it um, all all CG? I I believe it's yeah it's I believe it's a uh, cell animation and then some really? of the stuff I believe that they do some. I, I don't I don't think it's I I don't know don't quote me on that. Okay, but well, to if, me, that, looks, if that's the case, it's it's an incredibly like meticulously clean cell animation. I mean, it looks incredible. It does look incredible, and they they also I mean whatever whatever it is, it looks it just looks absolutely fantastic. And I that's kind of what I what I've come to expect mm-hmm. from all of from all of their movies, and they just get it just gets better and better and and better like every time they make a film mm-hmm. and i just i think you know you want to talk about a movie that really like touches on uh th- like really ignites the zeitgeist this is this is kind of it because this mm-hmm. come this came out in november of last year when we're like just we're, we're towing the line of of hitting this huge moment in in our in like in our culture where we're beginning to you know 
discuss uh, matters of, of sexual misconduct more openly. We're actually, mm-hmm. you know, talking about women's rights and more frank uh, in franker terms. And I'm not saying that like the conversation is perfect now and that things are perfect now and that things are where they should be now. Or, or even that we have the best, we have like the best language necessary, mm-hmm. or the best language possible to talk about these things. But like, this movie arrived, you know, just a couple months after, like after the Weinstein story broke, and it mm. feels like, you know, movies don't really choose their time, but this this one came out at the right time, and it talks, it it like deals with its subject matter in all the right ways, mm-hmm. um, on top of just being completely gorgeous. So. Yeah, I I really wanted to see this win best animated feature. I can't be sad the Coco won, mm-hmm. but I'm but I can be a little sad. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, 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 of course. I I am a little bit too. I mean, Coco was the big. I mean, as great as I think Coco is, and I think that movie is just beautiful and inspiring and and just just tear jerking in all the right ways. Um, what more is it going to benefit from winning the best? animated feature oscar like it already was a huge hit everybody already knows about it and i think maybe giving it to the breadwinner could have like given the film a little bit more clout and had like more people watching it uh it's interesting that you bring up um the uh, the me too movement and like the way that women are treated and this is a very female-centric film about this girl who has to kind of survive and make a living uh, for her family after her, her father is taken away by the Taliban in Afghanistan and they're trying to make a living disguised as a boy in this like insanely kind of um, uh, fundamentalist Islamic society that wouldn't even see, that doesn't even want to see like females out in the open without a male escort, like escorting them um, and bunch of other batshit crazy uh rules like that um it's interesting that you bring that up as the like one of the the main reasons that it it inspired you and it um kind of uh made you think i feel like that's what made you think of this as like kind of an important film for especially uh the girls like western girls uh i don't want to necessarily say like white girls but i want to say like kind of first people Girls of the age, like 10, 12, who are, who can sympathize with the main character in the film. I think she is also like 12 years old or something. Um, Mm -hmm. That's, that's an important film for them to watch. uh, And I would certainly agree with that. But um, I feel like there's another, like, there's another, like, very important reason why this film should get more people to watch it. I mean, you know, just right off the bat, I think it's, it's incredibly well made uh the like we said the animation the aesthetic is gorgeous the 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 way the story is unravels is is beautiful it doesn't condescend it doesn't like make things like kind of sugary sweet just for the sake of it just to be like kind of a crowd pleaser it is a it is it does depict like harsh realities of this life of women in afghanistan in a very kind of direct way that um that kind of like uh, wrecks you in a way, but in 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 a way that just like makes you feel like you've gone through a very important experience. Um, so all of that is true on the surface, but um, one of the main reasons why I would recommend uh, people to watch it is that um, 
you know, with the uh, with the kind of rise in Islamophobia uh, recently from the West, and especially in terms of like kind of dehumanizing, you know, quote unquote, the other, the Muslim as like these Muslim countries, people who live in these Muslim countries, like a, as like a monolithic people who just like believe in this one thing or who just like who want to do this one thing and then they're they're all just like out to get us or they have these like insidious things going on and stuff like that like um and especially for me personally coming from a middle eastern country um and you know kind of seeing firsthand the kind of uh like ugly stereotypes and ugly kind of like marginalization of these people and to have a film that is so beautifully about the individual about the fact that there are girls just like you know the girls living in the states or in any other like kind of first world country there are girls who live in Afghanistan who have very very similar dreams and very similar goals and who are you know in many many ways um very much similar to you very much similar to your kind of um to the to the gen- generic like uh human experience of of the life that most people want to lead and uh i think it just it's an important film for people to watch uh because of that as well it's an important film not only for like 10 12 year old girls to watch but for um you know, an entire family for boys, for um, people who might have like preconceived notions about what people, uh, the individuals in these countries, not the state or not the, you know, the people in power and stuff like that, what kind of like kind of day-to-day horrendous stuff individuals in these places have to go through without, while like creating this kind of beautiful and inviting colorful aesthetic um that that goes into it i don't know that does that make much sense well i i think i mean speaking to that i think i think the movie does a great job kind of normalizing uh normalizing the religion and normalizing the culture and drawing a distinction between you know parvana and her family and and how and you know who they are and what they believe and the taliban soldiers who are just the, the the problem with them is not is not you know is not that they're they're religious it's not something to do with their their spiritual background it's 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 to do with something a lot a lot deeper than that yeah yeah i think it's it's true i mean they are hold on just a second i'm trying to switch spots again oh that's that's okay man i was i wasn't sure if that was on my end or not <laughs> Okay, hold on. Give me two seconds, and I'll. Uh, thought I could make it seamless, but it was hard to. I was in the basement, and Gabby has a meeting going on right now. Oh, okay. So I had to. I had to go upstairs, but. Okay. That's okay. That's all okay, right. Ryan. Ryan, this is this is for you. You can you can edit all that. You can uh, <laughs> cut all that down. But, like I I think what I think what's really great, like I was saying, this this completely normalizes that, you know, like a like like a muslim background it, it it normalizes that that culture and really does you know dramatizes the fact that the taliban are not like they they're they're not they're not bad because they're muslim they're bad because they 
<laughs> because they're, they're, extremists, they're patriarchal because they're, they're monsters. patriarchal monsters. Exactly. It's more. It's a lot more about power than anything that's religious. Correct. And uh, yeah. the film is not afraid of kind of pointing all that out. The film. It's not afraid to to make that distinction. That it's it's um, every single time. It's uh, when you are kind of faced with these like um, the Taliban authority. It's always like a mad a dis, first of all a disdain against educated people against education that's probably the, mm-hmm. that's mainly the reason why the girl's par- father is taken away because uh the boy is just like upset that uh he's made to feel like intellectually inferior this Taliban boy because um and he thinks that by joining the Taliban he gets the respect that he deserves even though he might not be as um as smart as the uh, the other characters, um, and it's, it does a beautiful job of kind of showing that distinction that this is not really about the religion itself. And uh, to me, I mean, honestly, growing up in a Middle Eastern country, uh, and, I mean, growing up in an Islamic country, half of my life, and then living in a you know quote unquote Christian country or a Christian. Um, uh, you know, um, majority country. Um, my experience is has always been that these are just different releases of the same software, anyway. You know, the <laughs> the difference between the um, the religions. So I I never kind of fault um, the religion or the text itself, even though there's a lot to find fault in any of it. Um, I never directly fault that. I fault the people who use it for in terms of grabbing at power or, or um, using it for their own kind of selfish means. But, and in that case, the breadwinner does make that point really well, the way that, um, you know, like a show like The Handmaid's Tale, Tale does in a, in a, in a Christian setting. Uh, the tragedy is, of course, that uh, in the case of a story like The Breadwinner, the, this, this society is real. Uh, it actually does exist, and I think it's. I think it's important for people to see a film that doesn't sugarcoat that. That doesn't kind of, you know, like I have, you know, for me, for example, um, an overrated pick that I would, if I picked this to be underrated, and I do think it's underrated. I think it's a gorgeous, beautiful film that like, kind of wrecked me emotionally in many ways. Uh, I kind of. Uh, to me, it, it almost like the experience of watching it resembled, like the ex- not as heartbreak, not as like devastating, but it resembled like the experience of watching Grave of the Fireflies for the first time, mm-hmm. like this beautiful animated film about something that is just so humanly tragic. In a way that it doesn't, you know, um, the breadwinner is not as harrowing as Grave of the Fireflies, and very little amount of movies are. Uh, yeah. But it does, it does do this like thing that I respect so much that it doesn't doesn't sugarcoat what life is like there. It doesn't sugarcoat the 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 problems that this girl is going through, and it kind of um, wraps the escapism of the girl through this this beautifully this gorgeously animated story within the story where she keeps telling like little segments of the story and then the way it ends is of course heartbreaking 
Um, just a side note, the, the animation, the kind of like cardboard cutout animation style of that story within the story is also like just gorgeous to look at. I, I know. I just, that's what I, I love about the movie is just, just from like a craft perspective is that mm-hmm. the, like, uh, Nora Toomey doesn't just stick to like one style. She's like, mm-hmm. okay, so the mo- most of the movie will be, you know, sell and then the rest will do for like the, like the, the storytelling mm-hmm. stuff, the story within a story will do cut out animation. Yeah, the simplicity and, of that animation like fits that old school mythical storytelling style so perfectly. Like it's it very does. simple it, and that's what's so beautiful yeah. about it. Yeah. It it really it really like it, it kind of, it helps like underscore the 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 fact that we're watching like a fable unfold on screen as told from one character to another like it, it gives it like that extra mm-hmm. that extra layer of artifice to to remind us that this is this is like the story again the story within the story and it and but like even, even that escapist myth is like influenced by real pain that the that mm. the girl has gone through and that's kind of her way just like the way that like western storytelling is inspired by like whatever internal pain that like we go through it's the same it's the same thing really and it yeah. just it it humanizes these characters in such a such a wonderful way that doesn't take any shortcuts towards like um making you empathize with them it just tells a human story that happens to be about characters in afghanistan characters in a country that we kind of deem to be kind of turn a blind eye and deem to be the other and kind of turn a blind eye towards um the suffering of the individual the suffering of the people um and i think it's 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 in that sense um you know i i kind of grown whenever people say like oh this is an important movie for you to watch because of the subject matter or something like that um it is that i think and but also at the same time it's a it is it is it is a wonderfully put together film aside from right the way that the kind of incredibly um just uh empathetic way that it deals with the with the subject matter right like like the the subject the importance of the subject matter you know, is one thing, but like, you know, there are, there are a lot of really bad movies about important subject matter. Oh, yeah. Like Darkest Hour, Darkest Hour came out this year and that's important stuff, but boy, that movie's awful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like the, the fact, the fact is that like this, this becomes, I think more important because it is, it is a really well-crafted film, like mm-hmm. a very well-made movie that happens to be about not only important subject matter, like mm-hmm. subject matter that's important in a vacuum, and mm-hmm. that you should know about anyways, but also subject matter that, that you know, can, that you, you can relate to the conversations that we're having now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you're talking about like humanizing the characters. I think that's one of the things that it does best. I mean, I think, I think it's very easy to humanize, you know, Parvana. She's our, she's our heroine. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, she's plucky. She's, mm-hmm. you know, she's smart she's resourceful and she has all she's she's got this enormous struggle that most of us can't ever mm-hmm. really imagine dealing with you mm-hmm. know she has she has that to deal with mm-hmm. but then you know you get into get into like the side characters i think you know to speaking like you forget about three billboards you want to talk about complicated movies about complicated people mm-hmm. parvana's friend mm-hmm. is a taliban soldier and he's like mm-hmm. like the movie goes out of its way to kind of show that he has 
that there that like there are reasons that he is in you know in the position that he's in. Mm-hmm. He's sort of you know there there are things that people like him are told mm-hmm. and and lies that they are told. Mm-hmm. And you know this movie I think does a better job of showing the humanity of that character who winds up helping her mm-hmm. uh, find her father and rescue her father mm-hmm. from prison than Three Billboards does with its kind characters. of you don't get the 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 details specifically but he kind of comes across as like he was a worker at that uh the prison so he looks like he was taliban too maybe yeah um, uh and so he he ex- at least had some kind of uh authority within that world to be able to like help her out um and yeah i, I love the way that that's handled i love the detail of that i don't know if that taliban kid is his friend per se but yeah it's it's a uh, he is kind of dealt with and like there's this little detail that i really like that um he kind of has this he's like this this kid with the again with the complex um inferiority complex so just like she's boisterous and out there and just like constantly tries to like just come across as like i'm a big man and i'm in control of things i'm with the taliban and like it's like the the pride of that and stuff and then there's just the last time you see him there's this one moment where they're like okay come come on we're going to war and his just like and then you suddenly see this like sullen like terrified face as he gets in the in the at the back of the truck and so that just like goes to show also that like um a lot of times uh these like you're you're not dealing with like just straightforward monsters who have been brainwashed this way or the other they have been brainwashed but there there is there's there's still people in a way that like there's still a lot of like fear and um pain that goes into their choices so you know talk about a complicated yeah i mean i guess that might be one of the the connections that you can make between the two films is that you know talk about a complicated character to to humanize a taliban soldier is a very very hard thing to do especially for a western film yeah, it's it's not an easy thing to do at all. But I, but by the you know by the time the film without you know, gets sugar, towards, without sugarcoating his atrocities either. Yeah, right. It do, it doesn't like it doesn't you know overlook the fact that you know he's done some bad things as as a member of the Taliban. But by the end of the movie, you just you feel so much for this character who at the at the start you you know if you you meet this character at the start you just imagine that he's just going to be the main bad a, guy. A, yeah, he's going to be yeah. the bad guy. And the movie just I, I think what the movie does very well, or one of the things that the movies does that the movie does very well is just defy expectations at every turn. And I think that's the the character of Razak is maybe the the epitome of that. but mm-hmm. um, you could even just you know boil it down to like it, this movie defied my expectations just in terms so, of so, so it's its presentation. your expectations. Yes, I would <laughs> say I would say it, it subverted my expectations. Um, but yeah, even just even just from a, a like a presentation perspective, like I saw Song of the Sea, you know, a few years ago. What it was, 2014, I think it came out four years ago, and I thought, wow, like, th- like I I can't imagine what they're gonna what Cartoon Saloon's gonna do next because like this this is amazing. Like, how could they top this? And then yeah, they I'm a, did. I'm a big fan of 2D animation and stop motion, and I'm really grateful for Cartoon Saloon and like Leica and uh, studios like that kind of like keeping mm-hmm. that afloat. And they're doing a great job with it in terms of like they're kind of one 
foot is firmly rooted in the past and the one foot in the future like they they bring the the kind of simple beauty of this um style while also um making it look modern and and contemporary and the breadwinner i think is a is kind of a great example of that yeah i agree i mean it's such a like i i I guess the question i would always you know ask myself i always ask myself is like how do you improve on something that's that's as classical as the presentation in the breadwinner like how do you take that like style and keep on you know making it you know revitalizing how do you keep adding to it and and keeping it in that tradition while you know evolving the tradition and i think i think studios like like cartoon saloon are just key to that evolution mm-hmm. and like, like i'm i'm now dying to see what they what the, their next project is going to be because you know they they found new ways to uh, to innovate mm-hmm. the the form and like this is the third movie that they've produced this is a very young studio yeah like, it's, it's it's very impressive. Like like fact, yeah, yeah. I mean, like forty years forty years from now, if they like, can you just imagine like like what like the peak that they'll be at? I don't. Know. Maybe that's an arbitrary number. It's a very a very yeah. large yeah, number yeah. of years. Let's say ten years. Yeah, that's a more reasonable number. But like they're I don't know. I just think I think um, I think studios like them tend to get slept on in favor mm-hmm. of you know not to not to not to you know not to rag on coco or anything because again coco is exquisite but like i I think i do think that movies like this and studios like this tend to get you know lost in the shuffle or overlooked i guess i would say compared to the bigger the big studios Mm -hmm. that do 3d animation which i guess is just par for the course for movies in general small movies always get kind of overridden by bigger movies Mm -hmm. but i think it's a real shame that more people didn't get a chance to see this and yeah. that this did get more of profile yeah i don't usually like at the end of the episodes uh even if it's like one of my picks for underrated or, or whatever i don't usually kind of um really go out of my way to tell people that like you really need to you should see this and it's it's great and it's important um this is kind of to me this is one of those films i mean it's it's on right now uh it's available on netflix so you don't even have to like if you have a Netflix subscription, which I think like ninety nine point nine percent of the world does right now, right? Um, yeah, you can just you can like, just watch it right away, and uh, it would be very well worth your time. Uh, yeah. Especially if you have like some kind of I don't want to say like misconceptions about like you know uh, people who live in the, that part of the the world or anything like that uh, or if you're like you know if you don't if you're like i don't really know much about that life and i want to kind of see it like expressed in this kind of like really beautiful and artistic way it's it's a perfect movie to to check out a a to to a point you just made i'm pretty sure that every baby that has been born since netflix streaming became a thing has been born with a netflix account just automatically yes and and, and b yeah you know what if if this if one person watches this movie one person who has misconceptions about uh about you know islam about muslim culture watches this movie and says oh my god i've i've been so wrong this whole time then the movie has done its job. Yeah. And it, 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 it has, yeah. you know, earned its right to exist. And again, it's not preachy while it goes about, yeah. about that. That's why it works so well. That yeah. It's, it's, it's incredibly it's first, entertaining. It's, a first, it's a first and foremost, a human story. Yeah. All right. What do you think about uh, wrapping up? 
I think I think it's a, a good time to wrap up because it's a good time to wrap up. I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and dig myself out of twenty inches of snow. So Oh crap, is it like really bad there? <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be bad. I mean, oh, I don't think I'm it sorry. started yet, but that's ah, okay. <laughs> well, uh, on that note, thank you so much for listening to the new episode of Over Under Movies. Um, we are available, of course, uh, through the playlist.net at the uh, pod. If you click on the podcast section, we are also available on iTunes, the playlist feed, and on Stitcher. And we do want to thank our editor. <laughs> Rodrigo Perez, and again, thank um, Ryan Oliver for uh, editing and producing this episode. Uh, We miss you, Ryan, and we hope to have you back uh, as soon as possible. And um, closing, and uh, before I close off, um, I don't have my picks yet for the next episode. They are going to be my picks, and uh, but um, you know we're we're still kind of working on that so stay tuned for that one uh it should be coming to you in a, in a couple of weeks um but yeah signing off uh this is oktaige kozak uh film critic and contributor for the playlist uh paste magazine dvd talk and bayaspreader.com and this is andy crump i'm a freelance film critic and contributor to such outlets as paste magazine the playlist the hollywood reporter and so many others that instead of naming them, I'll just say you can find all my work at agcrump, C-R-U-M-P, there wordpress.com. There you go. That makes it so much easier. <laughs> well, Andy, so thank you so much for, for joining me on this episode. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk on um, the next episode with my picks pretty soon. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Thanks.